What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Airless. It is the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. What's up? What's up? I know we are in, technically, when this episode drops, it'll be, I might drop it before February. We'll see. But uh, by this time, it is actually toward the end of January, early February. So, Happy New Year to everyone. Hope everyone's holidays were great. Yes. How was yours, uh, Pastor? Uh, uh, first of all, let me give the right for introduction. I am Elliot Nelson, your host. That's right. Along with, I call him PT, Pastor Terrell. Yeah. How's it going? Man, um, thank you for that amazing introduction. Of course. Man, uh, I'm doing well, man. Doing really good. Yeah. The holidays were a good break, I think. Yeah. It, it was. was. It was, a, it was a really good break. I know you had... Uh, you were anticipating, last time we had a conversation, you was anticipating some time, you and your beautiful, amazing wife, those beautiful babies, you was anticipating some time away, yeah. hang out with your family, yeah. we're in the Midwest, I think, right? In, in, in Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah, in Indianapolis, which was really a good time. We spent okay. a couple of weeks, I don't know if everybody thought we moved. <laughs> I was a little nervous, I was shaking <laughs> in my boots, I ain't even gonna lie, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give him another more week. <laughs> Right, that's right. You heard us say another more another week. Another more week. And then I was going to shoot him a text and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm just saying, you know, everything good? It's like, yeah, we, did, we, did, we didn't leave, y'all. We just cool. needed, we needed some time to just breathe for yeah. a second. We almost, it almost went another week, though, because no plane tickets, <laughs> no one-way tickets back. I was like, yeah. we might have to stay here for another couple of weeks until so the plane tickets come down, but we found a way to get back. So oh, Cool. You, you got um, some rest? Did you get some rest? I would say that I got rest from my normal duties as a mm-hmm. dad and just a servant. Mm-hmm. But to be able to not think about real life, real world things like responsibilities. Yeah. And you know, at the time, I was still waiting to hear back from a new job, which I started this year. Okay. There so, it is. New job, everybody. Applause. Yeah. Insert applause. <laughs> there it is right there. Fathers is doing big things. You know, we yeah. take care of families. We, we're providers. We give identity and we protect and do all those things. No. Yeah. So I mean, and that was and that was a whirlwind. I mean, it was a good whirlwind. Yeah. Um. You know, a lot of people. I don't. I guess I. I probably do like another episode or another mm-hmm. little short little thing about like it's like how to find a job after being laid off. This type of things. But okay. I was laid off back in October. A lot of people didn't know that. Publicly, but privately, people knew because yeah. um, I wanted to keep it there for some time because I, I really felt like really off about being laid off. Like, yeah. what in the world's going on? Yeah, I got kids to take care of. Yeah. This is super random. What it is, and you know, the Lord gave me a perspective shift maybe a couple of weeks ago before starting this new role. Okay, that said, sometimes layoffs don't happen or happen randomly to people to in to show that this is an end of an assignment. Sure. That's it. Okay. And so it started making me look at every opportunity, job opportunity that I have mm-hmm. as an assignment that is only temporary. Mm. It doesn't matter. Now, I shouldn't be talking about this right now. This is look, supposed to be on man, a separate you, video. I, I, I wasn't going to say nothing, but man, <laughs> uh, look, I think y'all might be getting a preview for uh, another episode that right. will be coming shortly <laughs> that I'm confident that a lot of I'll say men specifically need to have this conversation. I yeah. remember going through a similar challenge, and um, I'm, I'm trying to let go of this. Man, look what you did. <laughs> but um, it is so poignant, I think, that men, that men get an opportunity to talk about those spaces in between. Um, one of my favorite comedians said, uh, you know, um, when, a man, when a man loses his ability to provide, it's like, the next thing to killing him is I know it was kind of graphic, but um, if you have, if you haven't been in a position where you are the source and you are that, when he said that, I just understood what he was saying. And so when you talk about this space right here that I think really men, we fathers need to hear and have a space, a safe space to talk about, our emotions of going through that in the process and trying to find right. our ability to provide, I think that is um, so needed. So 
That's a preview, y'all. Yeah, yeah, y'all we got to come back to that's this, just, but man, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you for sharing it. Oh yeah, it's definitely. So yeah, it's been it's been super dope to be back working. I've been back working for a couple of weeks now, and okay, cool. I've seen a lot of things happening online. I actually, I'm not on Instagram anymore for the time being. I'll be mm-hmm. back on it eventually, but taking a break. But I'm uh, not taking a break off of like Facebook and stuff because Facebook, I, I found that Facebook doesn't consume me as much as Instagram does. Okay. So that's why I had to take a step back from Instagram to really like refocus mm-hmm. and recalibrate. But before I got off, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I just want to say that you all uh-huh. out there on the internet streets Look. <laughs> have really wild out. Okay. <laughs> Now, if you're not a stranger to the show, you listen to the last episode, you know that Pastor T and I go to the same church. That's we right. are in community together. We go to an amazing, phenomenal church here in Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. And if you are in the area, we invite you to come because you don't have to walk it out there. Um, <laughs> and I'm throwing a little light jab, but when I say PT, uh-huh. I was very irritated. Really? At this specific topic interesting okay um, that's why we're that's why we're bringing it because i still feel some type of way about this really like, i'm still feeling some type of way and it's all and it happened it happened during new year's if anybody knows william murphy uh-huh in this church in atlanta yeah when I, you know how i just segue from how's everybody doing so let's just get into it right it's because i got a lot to get off my chest i see um, let's, let's get it let's get into it so william murphy is a pastor Everybody knows him as a phenomenal gospel artist, uh-huh. worship leader. Um, he is the one that made the Lord is my light and salvation. Yeah, yeah. Sing the script. Like great music. Settle here. All, like just great phenomenal worship music. Yeah. I don't want to say the man has lost his mind. <laughs> but but it feels like he has lost his mind. So if anybody's not familiar, you probably are familiar by this time because we're late getting to cover it, but I don't care. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Talk about whatever we want, whenever we want. It don't matter. True that. Um, <laughs> so I'm from, let me just backtrack. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I went to, I lived in Durham for some time to mm-hmm. go to school at North Carolina State University, graduated from there. I'm HBCU from the, crown of, from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. That's who I am. I'm an oh, HBCU yeah? grad. That's what I do. HBCU okay. grad. Yeah, HBCU grad. What HBCU. university? North Carolina Central, down the street. In downtown, you was, okay, in I didn't yeah. hear that. Look, really? Yeah. I didn't know if you knew I was an HBCU grad anyway. Uh, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> so, in my tenure there, one of the things that I love about HBCU culture is uh-huh. how... Uh, family oriented the environment is yeah everybody knows everybody we love each other we in it together right like they, I don't really have too many enemies who I went to school with I do have some now uh-huh <laughs> but I, I don't have too many of them because we all cool and all these different things right cool and one of the things that I did in college is the same thing I do now with hosting. Okay. I was hosting events. I was leading people into certain things, sure. dances, all this other stuff. And at that time, the mm-hmm. biggest dance craze was swag surf. Ah. Now, if you know anything about the William Murphy stuff mm-hmm. and what happened at New Year's Eve or okay. New Year's service, then you already know where I'm going. Okay. Come on. Because... I found it very strange that a church, regardless of the culture that they're in, mm-hmm. which is Atlanta, Georgia, decided that it was okay to swag surf okay. in church. Mm. In fact, I even backtrack and say, I don't think I don't, I don't even mind you swag surfing in church. Okay. But I do mind the song being played. Okay. And here's why. When I was hosting in college mm-hmm. and we did that specific song. Mm-hmm. We not only are swag surfing, but we are singing the lyrics in the song while we're swag surfing. Okay. And I don't think this was thought through. Okay. When it came to dream center and it's constituents. If you will. Okay. So look, because I don't want to interrupt you, but I kind of do. I, I really want to make sure because I know you are a person of integrity. And I believe 
uh, I've been seeing, I've been hearing a lot of conversations and I know we are intentional about having this conversation. I would like to see if we could specifically pull up. Do we have the lyrics? Sure. The lyrics of swag surf. That's yeah. one of the songs, right? Yeah, I want to, I want to, because when, when I hear you, you talk with so much conviction about this. Yeah. And, um, I think it is good for us to have a balanced lens. And, and I'm not, and, and let me just say this. Let me preface this by saying this. I'm not saying, I, I'm not going to give my, um, my sway either way just yet. But okay. I do want to make sure how we're presenting. There's a reason why, like you were just talking about your, your background, and you immediately was like, hey, I remember this song. We know the culture of music, especially for us. Um, it, it, it has, uh, very deep roots into, we live our life sometimes based upon music, upon lyrics, and especially when it comes to, uh, this amazing podcast that you all listen to, like Airless, we have culture of making sure that we are, uh, deeply rooted into our kingdom culture. And right. so when we're talking about this, I, I don't want anyone to feel like, uh, we are speaking from just like this emotionally offended place. But no. when it comes, I think we all have a responsibility. Yeah. Those of us who who have a testimony or, or or a conviction of the kingdom that we all keep each other accountable. So this is what this is a part of. Yeah. So w- what are those lyrics from uh, Swag, sir? Because you so, were saying like you don't feel like you have like a whole problem with just the song. When you say the song, like as far as like. The, the track, instrumental, the instrumental, the instrumental. I don't have a problem. With. Okay, keep going. Like, instrumental, I don't me. have a problem with the the putting putting your arms around each other and swag surfing okay. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with. I do have a big problem because again, I can't I can't necessarily say like New Year's Eve is a celebratory thing. Sure. So I'm all and if anybody knows my background, they know that I specifically am someone who will go against the grain sometimes, mm-hmm. just to make a point just to prove a point, whatever it is. There's also a line that I draw so that I do not cross that line. Now, I I, I appreciate you saying that. I don't know, do our our family in here who who are listening to uh, this amazing podcast, The Airlist, by the way, subscribe, please, and thank you. (laughs) Um, Do they know your profession? I'm a marketer. So here's the other um, perspective and lens I want you all to be fully aware of. Um, we're not just two uh, handsome young men who love the Lord, even though that is a you know an additive. Yeah. But um, you are a marketer. You're a professional marketer, mm-hmm. and so you know specifically um, the strength and weight of words and in in details and imagery and how that is very persuasive and how yes. it sways yes. and how you can move people to a decision. Yes. Based upon words, yes. imagery, yep. sound, frequency, all of these things. So yep. you, you don't have just people who have an opinion about something. Right. But you have people who are strategically trained in the principle of sound persuasion um, by profession. Uh, I, I, I got a couple of different degrees uh, as an educator for like about 24 years. I'm also I've been a clinical therapist and uh, a school counselor. And uh, Fayetteville State University, HBC, you know, that's right. Um, I have a, a, my third master's is in um, MSA in school administration. So we, we say all that to say that we understand the principles behind how our culture can be swayed just about in any, any direction. And so when we, when we integrate not just the principles of marketing and sound and music all along with anchored. Hopefully we are anchored in the kingdom, in our faith. Um, We have a responsibility to have this conversation. So go ahead, man. Let's see exactly um, what, what these lyrics are saying. Okay. So, so to, to preference when I'm, when I'm hosting those events back in college, Mm -hmm. there's a DJ, there's a crowd of people and, this song, the, the lyrics start, easy, simple, man, I got that swag. My hat matches my bag. You know I'm popping tags because, man, I got that swag. And then after that, it goes, I'm on hypnotic, okay. exotic, 
that polo on my body, got a bad girl beside me and her friend right behind me, and I'm swagging, I'm surfing. On Patron, yeah, I'm gone. Purple by the zone. Okay. Yeah, I'm smoking strong. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and you know I'm gone because I'm swagging. I'm surfing. I'm cleaning at this detergent. Okay, I pop off in the club with a pocket full of bands. See, even that one line in church. Yeah. I'm in the club with a pocket full of bands. You already know how people feel about the church and money in, in regards to that. Yeah. Now you in the club at your church uh-huh. with a pocket full of bands, and you telling people this mm-hmm. over the airwaves. Um, big, super fresh, like I'm wrapped up in saran. Swag, super cool, blowing strong, like a, like I don't got to say no more. Okay, like this. So when I'm doing this at college, yeah, it sounds very like oh, it's just a song. Like it's we we all partying. It's the same a song. Good time. The it's, song has not changed. It's the just same because song because you put it in a different box. So the the same song. Now uh, other people should probably know. I, I I do have a musical background. I started playing drums when I was like nine to ten years old, over thirty plus years ago. I actually became a songwriter, and my wife she's very a uh, huge professional musician and all these things. So I have a very, very strong musical background. So I say that to say, even within the church, even even slightly for a small short of time, got offered, you know, secular um opportunities to do things out there. So music is a very huge part of my my cultural makeup. And so that's why we're at, I was asking about the lyrics. And I think to give really good context, um, because we have intellectual integrity here at the mm-hmm. Airless, I've heard so many different conversations that appear to be emotionally driven with saying, hey, you know, for lack of a better word, you shouldn't play that worldly music in church. I mean, people can take that stance, but I think as an academic as a professional, as and then moreover, as a kingdom citizen, as a son of God, we have a responsibility to give the why. Yeah. To give the why if we have a challenge with that. Now, I don't know um, William Murphy, Pastor William Murphy personally. I have relatives to it that attend his church. Um, I have, I've been there myself. I've, I've been to his church I've been a worship leader, a worship pastor for about seven years. I sung some of his songs, and oh my goodness, he's a, an amazing, he's amazing, an amazing artist. Um, all, all that to say, your gifting does not excuse your responsibility to the kingdom. It does not. Our our gifting. Let me just say this: our gifting in does the not kingdom. Excuse it. Nope. We 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 can't just be so gifted that we can say whatever or do whatever. Let me just preface that by saying yeah. that. And we're gonna get into the say whatever later, but because <laughs> there, there's more there's more to the to the saga. There's more. So keep keep going keep going with what you're so, saying. So so my stance is this. Not only am I a marketer, but I'm also I'm a, I'm a communicator. Obviously, mm-hmm. you see I'm on on the microphone now. Absolutely. At church we preside. <laughs> and so we have the power to move people with our voice. Yes. And that is what convicted me when I saw this because I would, or when I first started presiding at Legacy, mm-hmm. I realized that the Lord took the gift that I had at hosting from college. Sure. And flipped it. Okay. And the same way I was having people wave, wave their hands and go side to side and mm-hmm. knock a few buck and all this other <laughs> stuff. It's the same way I'm able to lift up the Lord and, yeah. uh, and bring people more into the presence of the Lord. Absolutely. So when I see William Murphy, and I'm going to call his name because it's, everybody sure. knows who it is. Mm-hmm. When I see him on stage yeah. say, what like like uh, walking it out mm-hmm. and literally leading people into this, I'm saying this is very dangerous. Yeah. Because I know the weight of my own words. Okay. I know the weight of my own gifting. Yeah. I know the weight of, like there was a thing that in college we went to the call emerging leaders and we, there was a keynote speaker and he said he was talking about like at first he was talking about like just the influence of a microphone sure and he gave a whole like keynote about it saying that like, there's power behind the microphone mm-hmm. people see you on a microphone they see you as powerful yeah 
meaning that you have the way of swaying people in whatever direction. Yeah. And if they are not careful, if they're not smart enough, you could sway them to whatever you want them to. We do it in church all the time with preaching. Mm-hmm. People will hear you preach something that is definitely not exegesis uh, or exegeted. They will hear you preach about these things and will realize that oh, they'll take it and say, yeah, because Mike, let's just, I'm just calling out names now, but yeah, because Mike Todd said it. Yeah, because Dr. Faith said it. Sure. It's true. Sure. Yeah, because Pastor Soso said it. It's true. But that that is how easy it is to get people to do something. So what I'm seeing, so my problem is, is that, one, the words, the words are weighty in the song. Sure. We know it's secular. We know a lot of people might be like, oh, like, it's just a song. It's not just a song. Mm-hmm. Miles Monroe did a, did a whole sermon series. Absolutely. On the devils in the airwaves. Hmm. And Again, I'm someone who listens to a lot of music. Sure. I don't listen to a whole lot of secular music like I used to. Mm-hmm. But when I did, for example, my biggest my biggest artist that I listen to all the time was Drake. Really? Yeah. He's one of my favorite rappers. Interesting. I was just, right before we came <laughs> over here, I was looking into some other topics and beef, and I, I love old school hip-hop most definitely. Oh, yeah. Drake, the Drake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a Drake fan. Okay. I'll just say that. I'm, I'm a Drake fan. Now, do I listen to a lot of his music now? I think his last album sucked. I think it was trash. <laughs> Nobody can convince me otherwise that it was good. It wasn't good. There's only four Inter- songs up there that I like, and it was his deluxe album where he was actually rapping. Interesting. I think it sucked. And the reason why I think it sucked is because and it pairs into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The reason why I thought it sucked was, one, I couldn't identify with it. Okay. Usually, and, and there was a time in my life where I could identify with Drake and where he was. Now I don't identify with him. I'm married with two kids. I don't need to hear nothing about no girl. Sure. That you screwing. I don't, I don't need to hear that. Okay. That's interesting. I'm sorry. I don't want <laughs> to break your thought, but you said something. You, you said that. Like it was relative to you, or something that. What yeah. did you just say? What did you? you oh, just I said say? I said that there was a time in my life where Drake was relative to me at some so, at okay. some point. Now I'm married with two kids, and nothing he says really like resonates with me no more. So, uh, you, you, as soon as you said that, I thought about uh, William Murphy with doing this because I just know of again. I don't know him personally. I know of him. I know some of the same people he know. He's from an area uh, where my wife was uh, born and raised. So we, we, we know people that are familiar. But I say that to say, as a culture, as a faith, as a kingdom-based culture, and just as a community and a culture in general, a lot of what we do, we do it based upon what's relative to those we are looking to woo, or looking to persuade, um, we've uh, within the last you can you can put it to you're a marketer put it to the test. We've done a lot of things that we've changed in our system. Like mm-hmm. right now, you and I both have on our our, our church's merch. Mm-hmm. So we've changed a lot of the orders of service, the orders of logistics based upon culture, based upon what is relative. Before uh, my oldest memory. True story. We'll talk about that all the way later. It's April 5th, 1980. I was going to get an Easter suit. That's my oldest memory that I have. I was born in 77. Yeah, guess how old I am. But anyway, I say all that to say church culture, kingdom culture has shifted in a, in, and changed a lot to try and woo those of us in the world. Now, there's one scripture I do want to kind of throw in here to, to, to anchor us to this. Because you said this and you keep saying this, and I, I just feel like this is so important to say. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, through faith we understand that the world were framed, the worlds were framed by the power of his word. Yep. Bingo. Our worlds, every world that we're in right now was framed or orchestrated by the power of someone speaking something. Yeah. And God said right mm-hmm. so i think that is important to lay as a foundation of the conversation that we have to be we have to have intellectual integrity we have to have a 
faith-based accountability, when it, especially when it comes to what we say and how we say and where we say what we say and how we say. And so I think this is needed, um, this conversation, and, and, and the areas that we challenge are needed. We're needed. Once you become a father, like you said, you can't do the things that you were when you were single. No. The thing is, it's probably not even attractive or even relative to you now yeah. because now there, there has been a change. Right. And exactly. so I, I was looking at the clip and you, you was, you was schooling me on this and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm paying very close attention to certain things. And so around, um, it's, it's, it's like the five minute clip. I think it's, it's showing swag surfing, walk it out. Mm-hmm. Right. At about a minute and nine seconds. And I look on his face, and so worship leaders have this, we'll, we'll anticipate a thing before it happens, and then we'll notice a lot from the, from the audience. And our, our facial, our nonverbals will tell us, ooh, I need to bring this back this way. Yeah. And he had a look on his face when I seen him, and he was like, ooh. I don't went too far. He knew because... He hears stuff before. Most times, if you are a worship leader and you're in that capacity in that space, you'll hear things before or if you'll hear a certain thing and you can see which way it's swaying people's emotions. Right. And I notice because he says these words. If, I wish you could pull the clip up, but he says it at a minute and nine seconds. He says, all right, keep it sanctified. Mm. Like, and then he also said something even probably uh, opposite of that. He said, <laughs> Uh, y'all too saved for me. A very dichotomous statement. <laughs> Extremely. Those, you, te- you teach us to be saved. <laughs> and those, now we're too saved those are two. Those are two very conflicting statements within five minutes of each other. Now, I'm just saying this. I know we have, again, we have colloquial phrases, and we know we know really, for those of us who've been born and raised up around church, or I've had church culture for more than 10 years, you know you have to be careful, especially for those who are newly coming into the faith. We know some certain things you can say, okay, right or wrong, you, you've almost built a callus to certain things of how you say what you say. But now more than ever, because we have a medium of media and, and, and how far our reach can go, and probably even more how how shallow people's intellect are when it comes to faith. We have to be very, 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 very careful, very careful what we integrate into yeah. the sanctuary. Yeah. So even going back to Hebrews 11, which you said Hebrews 11. Hebrews yep. 1. Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 3. So in Hebrews 11, 3, when it said that our words, our world, our world, excuse mm-hmm. me, were world. framed mm-hmm. by his words. Mm-hmm. Isn't it ironic that not only our worlds are framed by his words, mm-hmm. but people's worlds can be framed by ours. Just by us getting on stage and saying, Y'all not too y'all y'all too safe for me because walk it out is playing. And then the, he had a follow up thing where he said um, he did an interview. He said, "Like we are in, like we are Atlanta. This is Atlanta music." Da, da, da. It's like it's still not an excuse. That's because a- you are using words not only of yourself but mm-hmm. other people in a service that yeah. is supposed to be impacted by the by the presence of the Lord. Yeah, like this is the weightiness and seriousness of this to me. And I love my church, but I'm pretty sure Dr. Faith would not have any of that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I would be utterly shocked. So let me ask you something because I'm not from here. Y'all know I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Ohio, right? And so um, when we moved down south a couple years ago, I already knew. Like up in the Midwest, we call it pop. Some people down here call it soda. It's soda, right? Okay, it's soda, right? And so. We have different cultural languages that integrate once you come into this this space, the, our community, our common space. And you have to assimilate. You have to, like, adjust and know that in order for you to effectively communicate, you're going to have to adjust your language to to be able to, like, interact and, 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 and um, 
have these exchanges. And so I say all that to say, you, you, he said a statement about this is Atlanta. Yep. And so we know certain pockets and communities are identified by geographical locations like Atlanta, mm-hmm. like Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, um, Raleigh. Yep. Right. And so I want to ask you, when you hear when you hear uh, a pastor or a community leader state, uh, make a statement like this right here is this. What does that mean? What do you hear when he's saying this is Atlanta? I'm hearing that because we are in Atlanta, it is okay to integrate the way it's like w- the ways of this world. Mm. It's okay to integrate the ways of Atlanta into church. It's not biblical. Mm. You can't find Bible in that. Like we have been doing, and maybe it was the idea of, oh, we've been doing church the same way. Da, da. Mm-hmm. You have me- how many members at your church? The mm-hmm. Lord has grown your church without you doing this. Yeah. So why why continue? I'll even tell y'all a story about there was a time when I was serving as marketing lead, mm-hmm. and accidentally wasn't I, I didn't realize it, but I noticed that a lot of people within the kingdom when they yeah. posted reels, mm-hmm. they would post a secular song behind it mm-hmm. because and they would just make sure that the words were were clean or whatever it was. Right. So I started doing it without without consulting with the pastors, obviously. Big mistake. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Yeah. And they got on me about it, but it was in a loving way. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, and Pastor Soso said this to me. He said, if the Lord does not grow this, or it, the Lord is the one that gives the increase. Yeah. He's the one that grows this. Yeah. We don't have to do that to grow it. Wow. And, and immediately I said, you know what? You're right. But most people, if you notice in the kingdom, some of your most popular pe- uh, pastors, whatever it is, they're always intertwining secular or worldly things to grow a platform. I just took a picture from ta- from when we were in Cary uh-huh. to a picture from today. Mm-hmm. Stark difference. Bigger platform. The church has I grown. I've seen that. I've seen that. The church has grown. Okay. Okay. And we have not had to do not one secular act. Say that one more time. You said we don't have to do that. He said our pastor said we don't have to do that to for, to grow. To grow. Like the Lord the Lord is the one that adds adds to the ministry. He's the one that does it. We are just the ones that got to be faithful to the thing that he gave us. And if we do that, like we don't yes, there are times where you got to add some trendiness. Sure. You got to meet some trends, you got to change some things. But that's not compromise. That's just strategy. See, I think we don't have enough of conversation about compromising culture, conviction, and the things that, from a professional standpoint, they would say, you have to do this certain thing if you plan on this to be persuasive or to grow uh, you're a marketing genius and, and yeah. major and, and they tell you trending. that in the industry in, in order for you to do this you need to do this if you don't want to do this then you can't do this and it's like no especially because we live by the kingdom kingdom rules uh-huh. woe to any pastor who thinks that the way to to win souls is by infusing secular music into it or this the the ways of the world into it you don't have to compromise kingdom rules Mm-hmm. Like period point blank, it's the Lord's church anyway. You just steward over it. Yeah, it ain't yours. You you are a byproduct of of the thing that He has placed inside of you. Uh-huh. But this is not the time to swag surf. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now volunteer party and there ain't no cameras, uh-huh. and you want to do that for volunteer party? <laughs> that's your business. That's that's your business. Because I mean, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rat us out, but we like to have a good time at our volunteer parties. Right. We're not playing nothing ratchet, but right. we do a lot of dance a line dance songs. Yeah. Electric slide, all of that. Cool, but you would never see us do the electric slide on a Sunday morning. Sure, sure. Um the one scripture I, w- I want to make sure we, we're clear of, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, I think it's 6 through 8. It says, I, uh, Paul's talking here. He's talking to Corinthians. I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the, the increase. increase. And I think that is so poignant because I, I heard other conversations. And it, it, went, um, it went in different ways, and people began to um, condemn and do all of these other things. 
and I just hadn't heard anyone pause uh, um, and really kind of peel back the challenge or the issue and say, okay, but give me the why, not just your opinion, but from a biblical standpoint. Like, because I heard some people on one side say, well, you know, um, and I think this is, I, I believe this is the instance. He was like, uh, somebody stated 150 people or so got saved. Yeah, I heard, I, I heard another pastor was like, you know, he challenged that or, or. Were they really saved? Yeah. He had that, that. We got questions here. Right. Because they could, okay, could be saved or are they coming to church because, are they coming to salvation because they thought your service was cool because you swag surfed. Right. Or because you walked it out. Or because yeah. you played mystical because I saw that clip too. Mm, like, yeah. Okay. This is so good. Uh, tell me, the song, Walk It Out. Now, I'm, I'm Gen X, right? I, I'm from that generation. Now, and, and let me just be very clear. I'm just talking about me right now because there are certain things. I ain't talking about sin. I, I, I love, there's music that I love. There There is a line, though. There's there a is line. a line. There's a definitive <clears throat> space and area that we know is sin and and so we're we're spiritually mature, but we we want to be very clear about you know our own personal convictions. I can't I can't convict you. That's not my job. I'm not Holy Spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit. I know for a fact if you are a pastor, the Holy Spirit will will not not just a pastor, a believer. If you're a believer, He will not have you be ignorant of any of Satan's devices. He yeah. will he will be like I don't know, bro. You probably shouldn't have did that. Or if there's a question about it, you know, if there's no peace in this area, you probably know that you probably need to come back and do a different thing. Yeah. But I I do believe we are so inundated by the, the, the pursuit to bring people in um, that we do as a culture and as a principle and as a people, I've seen us, be more lenient on biblical truths, on hermeneutics, yeah. on on exegeting the text. Yeah. I remember uh, we we went through shepherd school. My pastors was like, yeah. and they lovingly. I, I think you need to be in a space in an area that people can correct you. Yeah. If you feel a certain type of way when somebody's correcting you, you need to check your your spiritual maturity and growth. And so we had an opportunity to prepare this sermon and do all mm-hmm. these things, and, but we had this time restraint. And so me, I'm talking about Terrell, I went up there and I was saying this, and so they, they gave me some good feedback, and they was like, you're a great communicator. You this, and so you know the logistics of communicating. But when it came down to exergeting the text, yeah, he was like, I didn't. I I needed more from that space. Yeah. And when you are, when you have a platform, and you have souls who are wanting and needing to hear from God, you have to be so careful how you steward the direction of their soul. Yeah. yeah. And how you present it. I don't care if it's even at the end of service. Everything need to be clean from from top to bottom. Yeah. By the time they come out, they should never have this inkling that says. Oh man, I can do this and be this too. Yeah. And that's the caveat that a lot of people in my generation have. It's like I can be a believer and I can also dabble into mm-hmm. and that is the that's the device of the enemy. I and believe it, so. And because we're talking about the device of the enemy, the church should literally be the sanctuary, like the four walls. So I know a lot of people are going to listen and be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we are the church and, yeah. you know, duh, duh, no four walls. Duh, duh, I'm, I'm, I got my own relationship with God by myself. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Hear me carefully. When you have a church, yeah. four walls, that is home turf. Yeah. The devil should not have any access or influence, to, or influence yeah. in that specific realm. Yeah. So when I walk in the doors, I'm using my own church. When mm-hmm. I walk in the doors of Legacy Center Church, I have an expectation every Sunday and Wednesday that I will have an encounter with God, whether yeah. it be some high encounter or a just middle, t- whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I should never go into a church or a service at Legacy Center Church mm-hmm. where I already don't know, like, 
Sure, there are things that we do like like culturally as a church sure. that we have fun with. We, we're big on family. We're big on having fun. So I have an expectation when it's time to have fun. But I also have an ex- when we have a lampstand, I have an expectation. That is a worship night. That is a prayer night. Sure. At any point in time, I hear, man, I got that swag. <laughs> I'm going to be so thrown off that I might grab my keys and walk out. Yeah. It's just the, it's because the enemy, he wants you to be, he, he wants you to get to the place where you're expecting anything so that anybody can cater to anything that you want or do. And that's what I feel like, and this is a, another conversation for another day when it comes to millennials, I feel like my generation has lost the, has lost a lot of reverence for God mm. to the point that we will literally accept anything. Wow. Anything. I've mm. seen people arguing on that t- on that specific TikTok with, with William Murphy, like, yeah, we all had to be there. Well, uh, context. Yeah. We don't need no context with this one. <laughs> we, we don't need no context. You don't need to tell me. I don't have to visit Dream Center. I don't need to know any of that uh-huh. to know that that was wrong. <laughs> that was not the right thing to do. That is not the right place to have that. And I feel some, I feel some type of way because I, as I gave the background, sure. as, as a host by, by nature, yeah. someone who has led and influenced people through music with the weight of my words in the process, yeah. I've seen it firsthand mm-hmm. that it is dangerous. Extremely. And, you, and, and if you get to the place where you allow the enemy on your home turf, to be divisive like that. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded if you would have called Lecrae for a remix, hmm. which is my, this is, and this is goes into my other, a, a new point. Okay. This is my big problem. We have all these gifted Raptors rappers mm-hmm. in the kingdom. We have Lecrae, we have Tripoli, we have Hovey, we have uh swoop. We have, I, I can name them all if the I truth. wanted to. We, the truth. You. The truth. We got D one. We got all yeah. of these gifted guys. And some of them live in Atlanta. Uh-huh. You couldn't make a phone call to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking of with my sermon. But I don't want to play the actual song because of the words that are in the song. But I think this will be a great camaraderie piece because this is what Swag Surfing is. Mm-hmm. It's family coming together and camaraderie. And you see, um, what's her name? Taylor Swift doing it at a game at the Kansas City Chiefs game, mm-hmm. which they keep, they think that they made it up or something. They didn't make it up, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but we, we know that the actual particular dance is actually to bring camaraderie to people. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you could flip it. But also, I, I tread lightly on flipping it because my pastor said one time mm-hmm. that when something starts in the dark, you can't redeem it to light. Mm. You can now... She was talking about like the holidays, Halloween. Like sure. you can't redeem Halloween. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You can't right, redeem Halloween. You. It started in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Christmas... People are like, oh, Christmas is a pagan holiday. Yeah, but it started because of this. Mm-hmm. So you can redeem that. Right. So I, I tread lightly on saying that you can redeem Swag Surf. Right. But if, let's just let's just toy around with it. If you really wanted to play it, you could have went down to Reach Records across the street. Mm-hmm. It got a remix. So let me ask this. Let me let me let me challenge um, this thought because I don't. I want everyone to hear, to hear, and gather. Gather this information, gather this context of this conversation, because I really believe it's so important to have. So what is the whole premise behind the song, Walk It Out? What What is that song about? That's I, a good I, question. Because I, I listen. I, I don't know outside of, I'm, I'm assuming, and I don't even want to assume, because I honestly... I'm old enough not to have listened to it enough to know exactly what the song means. So the, I can assume, but yeah. what is the song about? What is so, Walk It Out about? So Walk It Out is basically, it's, a, it's another dance song. Okay. Um, that that happened back when I was in high school. <clears throat> and people okay. still use it today, but. Who's you know, the original artist? I can't even think of the name who the original artist is. But I can tell you the, the content of the song is not good. Okay. Hit the dance floor, bend your back low. She do it with she oh, do it okay. with no hands. She mm. stopped. Okay, like, so, so and then the she actually moves. she they actually say the word "ho" in it, Ooh. which was also played in the. In, so do we see my gripe? I I completely <laughs> see that the re, the where I, the, where I'm going with this because most pastors or they have teachers or leaders they are 
excellent communicators. They are they they know how to play on words again, like we said before. They know how to use words to persuade and to do this. And so I, I remember one of the clips he uh, he was saying, you know, you 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 got to walk it out. And this yes. was before the music even started. Yeah, and he yep. kept saying this theme over and over again. And so as yeah. a communicator. And as a person who's, okay, I'm trying to see what you're saying right here. What, what is your motive right here? And so he uses this phrasing. He uses this, this principle of persuasion to say, I'm going to use this theme of these words that are extremely um, familiar or relevant to the audience. So when I say these words, walk it out, you will know, even if I'm just saying, hey, you got to walk out of seeing, walk out of whatever, walk out of whatever, but it's going to become, it's going to have an emotional connection if I say these same words attached with this familiar sound right. and frequency right. of this song. Right. And so I'm saying, So okay. the premise of the song basically is that, to walk it out, but not necessarily in the context of what he was saying, because I know, I, I get what he's saying. Right. You just, you just didn't need the song. But, <laughs> like, so then every, every pastor has said, you need to walk it out. They have never played Walk It Out. So there, there was no need for the added attachment to it. So you will hear a hundred, uh, maybe one of the 150 that got saved or the others that were in agreement with this presentation style will say, well, it's no different than um, when a preacher will get up there and say, uh, you just do it. You just do it. Just do it. Look, look at my Nikes and you just do it. And so... I can hear people trying to combat or trying to, what's the word? They're, 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 they're trying to, like, make an excuse or, you know, agree with this premise of it's just fanciful yeah. communication and right. it's all of these things. So there's a way to do it. To, so like, You're a marketer, me, though. I, I, yeah. And you're, so, but you're a believer, though. Yeah. So, so for, you understand the principle. So give us more to why we shouldn't use these very relative secular Songs and things. Yeah. So it, it gives off the illusion that we're susceptible to anything, number one. Okay. It, it tells you that, oh, okay, like, I can go to church and have fun, too. Mm-hmm. I can go to church. Like, most people in the conference was like, if I wanted to go to the club, I just would have went to the club. Yeah. Most people who go to church on New Year's Eve, they go to church for a reason. Yeah. They're not going to church just to have, like, you know, fun moment. They want to reset, right? Mm. So when people are in the comments saying, if I wanted, wanted to go to the club, I just would have did that. Yeah. That tells you a whole lot about the frequency of those particular songs. Yeah. Everyone hears them and knows and identifies with one set of area of, of time, which is going to the club. Absolutely. So I wouldn't play it as a, because I'm called, I'll just say as a pastor. Yeah. I wouldn't play it because it gives off the illusion that this church is okay with doing anything. Sure. To, get people into the doors to get people saved. Mm-hmm. That's not ideal. As a pastor, if I have a walk it out sermon, 150,000 did a remix where he said, walk it out like Usher. I probably would have been like, you need to walk it out like Usher. I assume everybody has heard the remix. So you probably mm-hmm. would have identified with, oh, I know what it, I know what he's talking about. And also you might say, an Usher in church is walking <laughs> around. <laughs> That's where he got that from. Perfect He's a great bar. marketer right here, ladies and gentlemen. It, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's easy. It's simple. I just wouldn't infuse worldly. I mean, and again, we, we infuse worldly cultural things sometimes to get a point across. Sure. But I think it's there's an edge to it. Where do we draw the line? We draw the line at secular music yeah. that says ho in it. Sure. We draw the line at secular music that, that promotes mm-hmm. sinful lifestyle. That's where it is. Mm. Promotes a sinful lifestyle. Because I'm going to throw another one at you. Um, um, I think it was about about a year ago or so. John Hanna, Pastor John Hanna, okay. Chicago, mm-hmm. has a whole sermon. Be humble. Sit, Sit down. down. Be humble. Yeah, and I know that now, song. So some but did he play the say, song? I, I, I would have to go back and re- research. I think he may have played a track or something, like the probably the instrumental, but I, I remember I remember, and you know, I'm a Kendrick. My son loves Kendrick Lamar. I, yeah. I, you know, I, Kendrick Lamar. I, you know, I'm a hip hop fan. I love hip hop music. I, I think the artistry, all of that. Yeah. I do. I do draw the line. Let me hear me very carefully. Yeah. I do draw the line at things that disagree with the gospel. Yeah, I do. And that's why I draw the line with this specific idea: is that this actually does not do well for the kingdom or the gospel. 
when you're saying hypnotic presentation, like it was very clear, hypnotic purple something. And I can only assume and which I'm believing, you know, these are alcoholic drinks and weed and I got polo on me. I got a bad girl beside me and her friend right behind me. We already know that you promiscuous. Like we, we don't need to. So these things, these principles that are unapologetic when it comes to that culture of I'm promoting, I'm in agreement with things and substances that are not in agreement with the kingdom. You cannot, I don't believe, as a communicator, it's not wise. It, it is very ambiguous to do. And when you, are, when you are doing that, Jesus says it like this. It's better for a person to have a millstone. A millstone is a 1,500-pound solid brick to be wrapped around your neck and for you to be thrown in the sea than for you to cause any one of these little ones to err or to be to stumble in their way of faith. Yeah. And so if what I'm doing, you got to ask yourself, any believer, not just a pastor, any believer, you got to ask yourself, if, if what I'm doing, if what I'm communicating is causing any ambiguity, the Lord says it, it's, it would be better for you to be tossed in the sea yeah. than for you to do this thing right here and to cause a lot of people to err or to miss God or to be confused about the gospel. And so my challenge would be, okay, was this confusing? Was this a clear gospel message that had exhortation, that had encouraging, fanciful ways to bring people into the kingdom? Or did it cause other people to question and say, hey, in the comment section, you know? And then to the other point of, and this is, this will probably be it because we'll get into the other thing on the ne- next episode. Okay. Um, the The one thing that I just thought about as you were saying that is that when it comes to the why, uh, why of why you shouldn't do it. When I first got saved, my mentee at the time, mm-hmm. or my mentor, excuse me, <clears throat> my mentor at the time, we're in a new members class at a church out here, and he was leading a new members class. And he said, hey, we got a lot of these resources for you. We want you to stay on the path of Jesus. Uh, he said, if you are struggling with sex, it would behoove you probably to not continue to listen to Trey songs. Mm. He said, if you're struggling with alcoholism or you know whatever it is, it might be best if you don't listen to Lil Wayne. He said, uh, or at least, at least until you can get strengthened. Right, at least, at the least. But even if if not, even if you got strengthened and you still are, you know, having these moments and dealing with it, it might be best if you just cut it out completely and replace it, which is why I had the this is this is my whole gripe when it comes to like the church and black church specifically. Yeah. Because they have shunned out Christian hip hop so much mm-hmm. that now when it's time to adopt them, they don't want to use them. Mm. Instead we continue to revert back to things that can lead people into sin. Yeah. That can lead people, as you just talked about, yeah. stumbling in their faith. Yeah, like it would be, it would be not integral of me to know that I have people in my church who are single, who struggling sexually. Yeah, and then I start because it's Valentine's Day. I start, I start playing some R. Kelly song. <laughs> come, like, come on, just yeah. to, just to make a point. You yeah. wanted the point that bad to make the point. And so, like, I just want, I talk to people all the time about this because we, I got to not necessarily an argument with somebody about um, uh, Prophet Lovey. Okay. Which is another episode for another day. Okay. But he would say, he said, man, you know, uh, my, my brother Nigel, he said, man, like, I believe he's a real prophet. I said, appreciate you if he's a real prophet. Mm-hmm. I don't like some of the way, uh, some of the ways he communicates the gospel because it's very harmful. Mm. And he thinks that he's right, but it's a mishandling of the text. And when you mishandle the text, you mishandle people's souls at the mm. same time. Absolutely. And so while Bishop uh, William Murphy might have been making a point, you can make your point without having to add a layer that could potentially drive your point to a different direction. If your point was Jesus, let it stay there. Yeah. And this is something I'd learned before even going to shepherd school. Shout out to my pastors. <laughs> we, want, we, we want to present Christ to people. Yeah. When they come to church, they didn't come to church for a show. 
I know things have changed. We don't have the lights up anymore when we're doing worship. You know, we had those churches that had the stained glass and the sun was beaming down mm-hmm. and you didn't have all the raised lights and the smoke machines and the LED lights and the LED screens. We are now in 2024. We have those things. So I don't care about those things. Those things are great. My church does them. Mm-hmm. Those things are great. But just because it looks like a show doesn't mean it's still a show. Right. We're still about the business. Mm-hmm. We just know our presentation needs to be a little bit different to Absolutely. bring people in and then present the gospel. But the presentation doesn't have to start with or stop with adding a worldly layer Yeah, just to bring somebody in. Jamal Bryant made a point one time about, oh, I want to have uh, an area where I grow weed just so I can bring black people into the church, black men. It was a long time ago. We'll we'll pause on it because I looked at, I looked at your wow. face and you're like, I, man, I, he said that. He he said that, <laughs> and everybody was like, "What in the world are you talking about?" I think but you it's said like we just though. don't trust we don't trust the actual gospel to do the work. That right there, and I think if you don't take nothing away from this, what you just said is that. If I am fighting to try to be as creative as I can to to make a point, and I'm not simply trusting the gospel to do its work, therein lies our our internal struggle. Like yeah. I, we can't be so so focused on our presentation and let me try to do this and do this and to where we we nullify the power, the pure power, the pure essence. Of the gospel. Yep. And it, there's this, uh, Jesus goes through all these teachings and parables, and he says the kingdom of God is like a dragnet. You yeah. throw it out, you catch all kinds of people. And if you follow Jesus' ministry, um, before two of the disciples followed him, it's a dope scripture. It says that they were in the boats, and the scripture mm-hmm. says that they were mending their nets. Yep. And the reason that that's really important, because after they were mending their nets, Jesus tells them he go he finds this fishing company of these guys that was fishing all night and didn't catch nothing. And he says, throw your nets out again. And he's like, all right, but bro, we do this. This is our company. We do this. He was like, just do it. Throw it out again. And, he, and they say this. They say this. Nevertheless, at your word, this is what we're going to do. They took him at his word. Not, not. They didn't even go on. They were the skillful fishermen. Right. They go and they catch more fish than they've ever caught. Yeah. And it was a process of understanding the kingdom to yeah. be. Hey, this is how I'm going to catch them. I have to do something that is very, very um, um, strategic and disciplined. Mending my nets, and then after I do this, and it doesn't work my way. I simply go based upon what God's word is, and I catch more than 150. Yeah, more than 150. It, it retired them. It, re- yeah. it that that pull based upon not on me just being the professional fisherman or a professional communicator, based upon what His word says, and me simply being obedient to His word. You said yeah. that, man. Like really trusting God's word as opposed to our. Our presentation, our, our our crowd surfing, moving things, so <laughs> all that. Yeah, so you know, William Murphy, we we got another episode for you later. Hey man, we invite you on. We do, like, we do for real. We on. brothers in the faith, we still love you and believe the same thing. I believe, and we would love for you to come on and just you know, if y'all know uh, anybody go to the Dream Center, that's listen, man. We would love to have a conversation to continue to have integrity in the faith, man. I, I think this is all in love too. We're yeah. supposed to do this. Yeah, because you know, if I if I would have got behind this mic a week after. <laughs> I probably, I probably, I probably would have said some things I didn't need to say, but you know, I have, I just had time to sit with this and say, man, like this is this is not this is not the best way, and because I know, like, I feel like the Lord has. And if y'all listening, if you follow me, there's more things that I'll I'll get to, you know, share online eventually. But sure, I just feel like my generation is just at a place where they really need God, and yeah. And if we continue to allow the enemy to have us have a lack of reverence, we're not going to win them. Man. We're not going to win them at all. It's just going to, they're going to stay the same. They're going to stay, stay, feel like, oh, I can have my Jesus and my sin too. I can have my, my, my cross and Man. I can do whatever I want. And it's like, no, like 
think this is a, a, a pivotal time yeah. in our lives. And, you know, I remember when I got saved and someone, I got saved at like 20 something. Mm-hmm. And one of my guys at, at the time was like, man, yeah, I think I'll wait till I'm 30. We are 30. I'm 33. Wow. And things ain't changed. Yet. Wow. And so I say that to say like, like this is, this is it. Like this is all we got. Yeah. And if we got, and if we're going to take time, there's time to have fun. Mm-hmm. Join us on a family fun day if you want to have some fun. Straight up. Like, <laughs> join, a, join a small group and go out and have fun there, uh-huh. right? But let's not get to the place where we want to we want to add, add people in them seats so bad uh-huh. that we will do anything. Yeah. And I mean anything. Yeah. To bring them in. I love y'all so much. Man. I look, really do. This was such the dopest conversation in the world. I, I appreciate you for, man, just like... Having hard conversations. I think that's how we grow. That's how we win them, man. We yeah. we got to keep the integrity of the gospel, and we got to call people out, man. We got to call people out speak the truth in love. Yeah. So that's what's up, man. Yeah, so uh, you guys, uh, thank y'all for listening to this episode. We'll be back with another episode. We're going to try not to be back for a month, <laughs> depending on, you know, responsibilities as, as fathers and husbands. But, yeah, we're going to get back know, here. We'll, we're going to get back here for the next episode. But until then, enjoy this one. Enjoy this specific one. Send it to a friend. And uh, follow me on, yeah. on not Instagram, but on, on Facebook for right now. And, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. All right. The airless, everybody. Peace.